I'm Barry Worthington. I'm Paul Thorpe. And I'm Pete Reese. And this is the Progress with Unity podcast. Welcome to the Sunday edition of the uh, Progress with Unity podcast. Pete and Paul are in the studio this evening. How are you doing? You two, fine fellas? Very well, thanks, Barry. Yeah, all good. Pete's been on a scouting mission this afternoon, been watching St. Pauli. That's right, against Sandhausen in the German second division. Barry and I were just saying before, really reminded us of watching Latics and... and in the championship, that kind of standard, you know, you have these moments of quality and then for some reason the ball just runs out of play or somebody or somebody has a, a wild shot from 30 yards and hits the corner flag and very similar standard, it seems, yeah. A couple of things happened this week concerning the Latics. Harry McHugh has gone out on loan to Chester in the National League North, gone out until October. 19 years of age, He's already played for the push team several occasions, played at Fleetwood. And if you remember, he hit that screamer away at Tranmere in the Popper Johns Trophy when we mm. was in administration. Is it a good move for him? I thought he was a little bit better than the National League North, if I'm being honest. I thought he might have been National League or even League Two. It's a hard one, isn't it? Because we, we, don't, we don't know that much about the player and about the person and so on. And it might be the coaching staff just think he needs a guarantee of first-team football and the lower down in the pyramid he goes, the more likely he is to get that. And of course, it, well, we know he might have a, had a loss of form or a loss of confidence recently and, and they think that's the best place for him to get it back. But going out Loan's loan's always a good thing, isn't it, for the, the young ones? So, yeah, hope he does yeah. well. It's experience, it's game time. Like you said, there's anything we don't know. He might have a relative that lives in Chester. Chester's fairly local anyway. Uh-huh. So that might factor into it. Any experience that you're picking up is going to be useful, isn't it? I still think he's a little bit better than Cham- Champions League North. Well, you know, this is a premonition, this. Are we going to be in the Champions League in two seasons? I do believe he's a little bit better than National League North, so that's just my view anyway. Lange turned 24 this this week as well. Well, three days ago on the 8th of September. He's a man now. He's not a kid anymore, is he, at 24? Yeah. He's definitely a man. Yeah. People say Lange. We could have wished him that at the game on Saturday if we played Blackburn Rovers, but unfortunately it was postponed. We know why it was called off, and it's it was a sad occasion that it's a sad occasion when anyone dies and head of state, Queen Elizabeth II, passed away. So the FA in the in their judgment decided to call all football off from Premier League, internationals, all the way down to grassroots. There was no football played in England on Saturday and that included Wigan Athletic v Blackburn there's been quite a bit of backlash about it so the question is were they right to do it or were they misjudged for me I I think they were premature to do it I think they wanted to be one of the first people out to to make an announcement they were pretty quick uh, and and not many other sports followed it does look like it was it was premature and misjudged because you look at some of the some of the stuff that went on at the cricket and one or two other places where the new national anthem gets sung and everybody's been misjudged respectful in a slightly different way but they're still getting to do their own thing on a Saturday I, I read a good point the government's had, the, had this Operation London Bridge in you know in the event of the monarch dying for you know it's been in place for probably decades they knew exactly what they would do in the event of the Queen dying. It doesn't seem that the FA really knew, does it? And it's it's had equally as long to prepare. It could have cut all this business out, uh, the, this, the, the, the disagreement that's happened by already having discussed it with people and said, well, we're going to do this. And they could have been talking to the other sports about it as well. So everybody's singing from the same hymn sheet. Yeah, I think they've got it wrong. Anyway, it is what it is. And uh, hopefully uh, Tuesday's and next Saturday's match will, will go ahead as normal. 
Well, we're up the M62 on Tuesday evening. Uh, we're back in action and we're visiting Uddersfield Town. Delighted to say we're joined by Tom Bradshaw. No, not the football player, but <laughs> Uddersfield Town fanatic. Tom, how are you doing? I'm not bad, Barry. How are you, mate? You all right? Very well, thank you. I'm looking forward to this game. I'll tell you why. The last seven visits to your place, we've only lost once. So, so <laughs> history is a little bit on our side here. And I know you've not had the best of starts, have you? Not particularly. Um, it's a bit of a fall from grace from last season under Danny Schofield. So I think a lot of town fans were expecting a bit more from this season and it's not got off to a good start. One win and one draw and, and five defeats in your opening seven games. I think you was a little bit unlucky against Blackpool and you might have been left cussing technology. The start is something like only the second time in 5,000 games or something that uh, Hawkeye has messed up. Yeah, it's really disappointing. We, we actually played all right against Blackpool. Maybe we didn't deserve three points but we definitely deserve the draw and when that goal goes in and it doesn't get given it's just not going for you it's like when you're down you're down and then the luck doesn't go for you either so it's it's not good for town at the moment because it was such a big decision and if we're going to be down there for the rest of the season and it comes down to like a point and it's because of something that's meant to be foolproof pretty much it's going to be very disappointing when we got relegated due to the administration 12 point deduction we was relegated by one point so that's how crucial these things are you know? Yeah. I'm talking about your goal scoring though you've only got seven goals from seven games you've not conceded that many though, considering you've lost five yeah. but you've got your all-time hero goal scorer <laughs> the main man Jordan Rose back in town haven't you how's he been performing he's turned into such a pro now do you know what I mean he comes on and, and does stuff that's so smart he's obviously not as fast as he he never was blessed with pace anyway Jordan but um, I love it when he comes on because he does a shift you know if he's going to get a chance there's potential that he's going to put it away the thing we did really well last year was we didn't concede many we didn't score many but there was so many clean sheets and this year that's a problem I mean the, the goal difference isn't terrible at the moment which is kind of positive because I think that's the way it's still looking we're not going to outscore teams so we've, we've got to tighten up that defence I think maybe if Jordan just got a bit of that back from uh, about probably what must be about nearly eight years ago he was at town now so bring a bit of that back and um, that'd be brilliant to see Romani Edmonds Green can you give us a bit of an insight into him his strengths and, and perhaps weaknesses as well Rotherham fans loved him and they they were a bit gutted that they didn't get him back and they'll probably be looking at us learning him out to you lot as a bit of a kick in the teeth because they, they seem to really want him and um, for me I was a bit disappointed that he'd gone on loan to another championship team because it just feels kind of like I just find that silly we've loaned Scott High as well to Rotherham who is a pretty handy backup midfielder and that's one place that was struggling and then we've learned out Romani to, to you lot who I guess we've brought in Helic in, in centre centre back, but still you got I think you need that depth and he's played a few games already for us this season. And I've thought he's been pretty handy. The one thing maybe he needs to work on is coming off pre-season, working on his strength a bit. I think that's the only thing he's lacked. He's, he's looked a bit slow and a bit weak in situations like when we played Burnley. He handled Ashley Barnes okay, but you could see that that kind of the strength and experience from Barnes showed. But honestly, whenever I've seen him play, he's calm on the ball and he can pass it out well and he's got a pretty decent head on him. All I can say is a positive for you is as a town fan, I'm I'm pretty disappointed with um we've loaned him out this season when yeah, I, I think there's some players who, who are potentially in that back line that he's, he's as good as, if not better. We mentioned Jordan Rawls returning. You've had another returning legend, Danny Schofield. Is he the man for the job? Do you need to give him more time? It's a, a great question, Barry. So 
He's a town, yeah, town legend. Everyone wants him to do well, obviously. I think Carlos leaving us with only about two or three weeks before the season start didn't help proceedings. Danny, I think he even came out at one point and pretty much said he wasn't ready for this yet to be a first-team coach, so that's not help. He's learning on the job. I mean, it's a long season, but it doesn't half come around quickly, does it? Do you know what I mean? You're almost 10 games in already and you're starting to worry. I want him to do so well, but I just think he might. it might be too early. I might think it might be too early. And the the thing the positive the thing Carlos had his first season where he didn't particularly do well he went on that terrible run where I think we won something like two games in twenty twenty three he had the time and he was given the time which was fair enough but he didn't it was during COVID where you didn't have the fans in the ground and you can already start to feel it and I think these next two games are massive for us so we've got you and Cardiff at home and. I think he needs a minimum of four points, to be honest, to keep any sort of fan on side. And then um, even Dean Oyle might start looking at making a replacement. I just think it's been too early. He's been thrown thrown in. He's been dealt a terrible hand. Players gone. Players been not fit at the start of the season. Um, I'd love to give him time, but it might be a matter, matter of staying up or not, unfortunately. And talking, though, about new signings, who have you brought in this season? And who has impressed you? We brought in quite a lot of signings. I'm actually quite, I'm actually quite pleased with the players we brought in. The, we always knew Lewis O'Brien was going to leave, and that was the the main one. It's quite a kick in the teeth that he's gone to Forest. Him and Harry Toffolo have gone to Forest. Um, <laughs> you couldn't really write it like a, a team that beat you in the playoff final, taking your two best players. So that was always going to be difficult. We've we brought in so Jack Rudoni, who's come in from Wimbledon, a attacking midfielder. I really like the look of him. He's kind of come in, I think, to do what Lewis couldn't do, which was the creative stuff up the pitch. Lewis could get you from the edge of the box up to the six-yard box, and then sometimes he'd just lack that kind of instinct to take a shot or make that kind of killer pass that sets someone up. I think Jack, has he's, he's looked really good at that. I think he needs to be played further up the field, though. Um, for him to be a bit more effective. He's been playing quite deep at the moment, but that's due to this lad, Kasumu, who we bought him from Milton Keynes, who is a centre midfielder. He's really good, gets stuck in, but all the MK Dons fans said to us, oh, great player, but he's injury prone. Came on 15 minutes against Burnley, absolutely clattered like three Burnley players and town fans were loving it because one thing town fans want is just players to get stuck in and look like they, they care. So they were loving it. And then then all of a sudden he was down and he's been out for about three weeks, three or four weeks now. So um, Helic from Barnsley, I think is a really good pickup for us. Um, and hopefully he'll, he'll sort that, that back line up, maybe make us a bit tighter coming into the rest of the season. We've got Nakiyama from I can't remember which team it was in in uh, Holland, but a, a Dutch team, um, he, Japanese internationally. He's he's looking pretty good. And then other than that, no one else is standing out. But those those four, I think uh, I'm, I'm I'm I rate them. They look pretty decent. But I, I give it like a, a seven out of ten. The transfer window, so it's not it's not terrible. Well, looking forward to Tuesday you know, Could you give us a prediction? Ooh, I think it's going to be tight. I think I think Town fans. I don't know. I think pressure will be on Schofield and the players because it's getting to that when you start looking at the table now, and it's like even if we win, we don't get out of that bottom three. We 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 need points. We need points just to keep up. We don't want to end up in the the same situation we were when the Cowleys had to come in and keep us up and basically be fighting for well from um, October basically it was so we need points if Helix starts it'd be nice to see Helix start and 
I think the, the main thing for us is we need to get a clean sheet this year. If we get a clean sheet, it depends if we can create up top. I think if, if um, I think you'll score, so I think you'll at least get one um, and then it's whether we can match that. So I, I'm going to go with a draw, I think. I think you're, you're, you've played, you've started all right this year. I think you'll come come to the game up for it come to the game knowing that there's there's a chance the the form that we're in the time that we concede goals as well I think I think if you come out the blocks firing then um, you're in with a chance of getting one I think one all I think a draw would be I think that'd be good for Schofield not to lose a game and as long as we don't concede a lot you know what I mean well I'm saying a lot we haven't conceded a lot but it'd be nice to one goal at most you know what I mean and then and then get one as well because we haven't scored for a couple of games which is which is a slight concern as well. So, Anyway, Tom, thank you very much for joining us on the Progress with Unity podcast. It's been brilliant chatting. Well, thanks, Tom, from the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. It's a bit of a mouthful, but uh, it's a very good, very good and knowledgeable Huddersfield Town podcast. So thank you very much for joining us, Tom. Um, um, one player you mentioned, though, I mean, I knew Jack Rizzuni had left Wimbledon and gone and gone to Huddersfield. Uh, but I didn't realise that Kasumo from MK Dons had gone as well, the central midfield player. And when we played them at the DW Stadium last season, the Beaters, if you remember, he was superb that day. And he tore us apart, a player I once a man had seen at the DW Stadium. Should we do a ref watch Tuesday? The referee for the visit of Huddersfield Town will be Jeremy Simpson from Carnford. He's a select Group 2 referee and he's been one since 2015. Before that, he was a Premier League and FIFA international assistant referee. He's had 14 previous Lattice games, the last one being our 1-1 away draw at Rotherham last season. We've yet to win an away game with Simpson in charge, though. We've had six so far, we've drawn two and we've lost four. His card watch for this season is taking charge of five games, four of which were in the Championship, and he's issued 24 yellows, no reds, and he's not awarded any penalties either. He has previously refereed a game where the Latics played Huddersfield, and that was the 2nd of January 2017 at the DW Stadium. Huddersfield running out 1-0 winners. And that's Jeremy Simpson, who'll be your referee on Tuesday. Previously, uh, we've got quite a long history with Huddersfield Towers. Um, some of our older supporters will remember because we, we played them in our debut season in the Football League. Uh, we've played them in total 32 times winning 10, losing 14, and there have been eight draws between the two teams. The first meeting, however, between the two clubs came in the FA Cup in November 1973, which was a 2-0 defeat away at the old Leeds Road. And the first in the league was, as I said, in our debut season. to 1-1 draw away at Huddersfield in October, and we managed a win against them, um, uh, 2-1 at at Springfield in, in February 1979. Our last meeting, of course, came two years ago, June 2020, which was the first game, if you remember, following the postponement of football due to COVID. And we won 2-0 away, thanks to goals from Anthony Pilkington and Jamal Lowe. I think it was, it, you know, remembering back to uh, when we played Huddersfield in those early seasons in the Football League. I think what younger fans probably don't appreciate was that it playing Huddersfield um, in the late seventies. It, it was it was like a massive thing, wasn't it? Because they they were a club with history. Won the league title three times in what was it the nineteen thirties or something. So it was one of those matches that you really really look forward to. And I've and I've I must admit I've always enjoyed my trips to Huddersfield. It's always felt a little bit like a 
a local derby for me in, in many ways. My most memorable match would be, and I'm struggling to remember the exact year, but I think it was 1989 when we just avoided relegation from the old third division to the fourth division. And we played them on the last match of the season. There was a big fancy dress away following at Leeds Road that day from, from Latics. And a lot of very drunk people, I seem to remember as well. Yeah, really good day out. We lost. We were rubbish. But it was just one of those just one of those great days out watching Atlantic. Great pubs in Huddersfield as well as I seem to remember. What about you guys? You got any favourite memories of watching Latics at either Leeds Road or, or the new stadium? I've got a couple really. We won promotion at I think it was called the John Smith Stadium. Mm. A nil all draw with an absolute rubbish Huddersfield side. And yeah. I think if we if we'd have won that day, we'd have got we'd have been champions. But we gained enough points so so that we couldn't be overtaken by the third place club and we got promotion. I remember the celebrations being a little bit flat because we'd expected to we expected to beat them and we didn't. The big one for me was the FA Cup tie in yes, 2013. Yeah. Aruna Corney had just come back from the African Nations Cup. It's called that last goal where he intercepted the ball into when they were playing it about at the back. Mm, that's right. Um, Callum Manaman's to... first start for us, I think. That's as well, wasn't it? Yeah. I think that was when Roberto had said we don't like to tell him he's playing because he gets he can't sleep the night before. So they only told him they only told him on the morning of the match. I listened to that game from the bed. It was not so good that day. Yeah, we won that. We won that. Yeah. Though we we got a little bit of tingling, didn't we? Because we thought, "Hey, up is it happening? Yeah. Could we get a good draw in the next round?" Ever yeah, since it was. But one thing I do remember from that game when we were coming out at full time, all the pies that were left, they were selling off as a pound each. So there was a guy there with a big box of pies saying, pies, one pound each, and uh, they, they were going. They were, went down really well. You can't sell pies off at a pound each to Wiganers, can you? Surprised there was any pies left, because they had um, the Wigan Warriors in town the day before as well, didn't they? Uddersfield, Wigan Warriors on the Saturday, and then Uddersfield, Latics on the Sunday. Herbert Chapman was the manager when Uddersfield won the title three times in, on the trot in the 1930s, mm, and he awesome. went on to Arsenal and did... Exactly the same feat with them. A bit of trivia, that. When we got into the league that season, when we played Othersfield Town, their striker was a guy called Ian Robbins, who had a newsagent shop on Woodhouse Lane, which was obviously a storm throw away from Springfield Park. When we played the return game in February, where we beat them 2-1, Robbins scored. He scored the goal for them, so his his missus would have heard him celebrating, you know, because he was... (laughs) I mean, literally, it was probably... I don't know... the length of Ingram Street away, you know, so you're only, yeah, yeah. You're only talking hundreds of yards. But he was also went on to be the manager or the landlord of Clownsbury in Wigan. Yeah. Was that what I was playing as well? Yeah, it was, yeah. The Clowns is, I think, where Douglas Bank is now, isn't it? Yeah, which is not too far from where his newsagent shop was. And also, Ian Robbins is part of Uddersfield folk legend because he was uh, in a team that still talks about to this day and there's been a boot written about him. The season after, we actually won the fourth division. And then the season after that, they won the next division with 101 points and scored 100 goals in the process. Wow. And he was part of that that team, so he's still regarded as a legend. So, And a Latics supporter who's tweeted me today, who said, and it's his father-in-law. Very Fantastic. Good. Right, shall we crack off with some uh, predictions of Tuesday night's game? Tom's gone yeah. for a one-all draw. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I predicted one-one for the uh, Blackburn match that didn't happen in the end. I'm going to take a little bit of guidance from Tom because so, he's obviously thinking that the, the manager's not quite up to it. And let's face it, it is a surprise that they're in the bottom three. 
there's a, there's a there's a slow start and there's you know being relegation material and it seems that might be what they are at the minute. So I'm going to go for a two nil win. Yeah, I think I think if you look back to when we lost in the playoffs and then got relegated the season after, it, it, it's it, it's happened before, hasn't it? If you look, that I don't think they've kept a clean sheet yet. I know he was mentioning it in his in, in his in his piece. So I think you've got to give the Latics at least one goal and. We've had a couple of clean sheets, haven't we? So, yeah, I'm gonna, I'll am going. i go with just the 1-0 to the Latics. I was speaking to Tom off, off uh, and I was saying to him about our away form last season, which was basically that got us promoted, didn't it? It definitely won us the title and probably mm-hmm. got us promoted mm-hmm. as well. And this season seems to be, we're replicating that, that sort of form. And at the moment, if you look at the uh, championship away form, we're actually third in the table, but joint... Mm-hmm. Joint second, really, on points were just be- behind. Mm. I can't. I think it might be Burnley who were behind on, on goal difference. I don't know where they've more made them goals up from. But... No, no idea. <laughs> so no idea. Um, we are we are very strong. We are very strong away from home, and it's the way we play. So anyway, cut a long story short. I'm going for a two-one Latics win with birthday boy Callum Wang bagging the second. And uh, no idea we'll get our first mm-hmm. two on Latics. Okay, good, to, good to see that we're all feeling so optimistic. Yeah. yeah. One, one question: <laughs> After the way we played at Luton in the second half, do you think there'll be any changes? I don't think there will. I think you'll you'll start with the same team you started with. Obviously, uh, Edmonds Green can't play because he's he's not going to be playing because he's on loan from Huddersfield. But we could make changes. We could change the formation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Is Liam Richardson likely to do that? I'm not sure he's there yet. In that sense, I think I think there's still these players coming back to full match fitness. Um, so I don't think he thinks he's got a you know full squad to choose from. And I think those some of those players are likely to be his first choice when they're fit. So I'd, I think he's going to be kind of quite conservative again. And I think he's going to try and keep us in the game for as long as possible before introducing the cavalry. Uh, I think he's got. I think he's going to stick with that plan myself. But we'll see. I, I, I think that's the game plan. Exactly what you've just described. There, Pete. Start, keep it tight. Start cautiously, and then grow into the game, and then throw the cavalry for the last 10, 20 minutes, whatever, depending on how the game's gone. I think that's part and parcel. It's dead easy to say that. Likes of Broadhead or Asgard should be getting starts, but and, and Graham Shinney, but that's the way we've been winning games. So yes, yeah. you know, keep it going. I, I, think, I think a change is going to come at some point. You know, the, the people like Broadhead and Shinney are regular starters. I'm just not sure that we're quite there yet. I think one thing we've learned with Liam Richardson is he likes sticking with his team. Mm. Last season, I think we saw for the first six or seven weeks, it was unchanged every week, weren't it? You could pick it, yeah. you could pick it ahead of the game until then the injuries kick in and then he, yeah, he, he's yeah. forced to, gets his hand forced. But yeah, I, I agree with you too. I think we'll start virtually, if not exactly the same as what we started mm. at Luton. Barry, I was just going to say, one interesting thing, because we, we mentioned at the last podcast, you got, you got wind of Jordan Cousins had possibly popped his calf again, but... Um, Liam said in his presser before the match that it, well he seemed to he seemed to be suggesting that he was okay and he was progressing. So what the truth is there, I'm not quite sure. Might have got might have got some bad wind. <laughs> could have been it. Could have been a, a, a bad kid. I better get some Alka Seltzer and see if you can sort that out. We've got a game to look forward to. So 
until Wednesday, when we'll be back with a full reaction to the game at Uddersfield. And I look forward to Saturday's encounter with Reading, who are at the DW Stadium this weekend. Until then, it's a goodbye from me and up the ticks. Come on. Up the ticks. Up the ticks. <laughs>